Hello and welcome to Brain to Board. Why are people yelling outside of my apartment? About eight weeks ago, I decided to start designing a board game. About seven weeks ago, I decided to start this podcast to document the thinking behind the game itself and the process of actually getting it out into the world. I ordered a set of prototype cards for my game on DriveThruCards, and today I have those cards, and I'm going to give a review of those cards, and some words of caution for anyone who is looking to design and print a prototype in a similar way. Alright, so today's episode is going to be a quick one. I haven't done a ton this week. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the cards that I ordered. I talked about those in the last episode. I talked about ordering them, but I didn't actually have them yet. Well, now I do. So if you want to hear more about what these cards are, go ahead and listen to the last episode. Uh, Today's just about the card quality and tips on designing stuff, basically. So the quality of the cards themselves is pretty nice, actually. They feel real sturdy. Um, They're nice and smooth. They sort of shuffle or, well, I don't know about how they shuffle, actually, to be honest. I haven't tried to shuffle them because I don't really have enough cards to shuffle. It's a few different sets of smaller amounts that you shuffle, but I haven't, like, done a riffle shuffle. Um, But as far as overhand shuffling and just sliding the cards around, they work real well for that. They feel very similar to, like, Magic cards, Magic the Gathering, or uh, a lot of different board game cards, so I'd imagine shuffling them would be just fine. Overall, I'm super happy with them. They look really good, and they are a lot more professional-looking than my hand-drawn prototypes. There were some tiny, slight defects in the printing. Not a deal-breaker, but it's also not perfect. Uh, There were some spots where, like, a little bit of the white card was showing through, almost like whatever printed ink on it, like, kind of chipped off on that spot. Not exactly sure how that happens, but it isn't entirely unreasonable. I've seen that sort of thing on various printed designs before. But still, for a game like this, especially with mine, where having the cards all be identical is so important, that could be a slight issue. I don't think the the defects are noticeable, at least unless you really spend some time looking at it. So I don't think it's going to be a problem, but it could be if it was just a little bit worse. So that is something to keep in mind. You're not going to have like perfectly uniform cards, so don't expect that. Uh, the cards I got also were st- Uh, A couple of them were slightly bent at the edges. I think that was probably just from them being in the mail, though, not really the fault of drive-through cards. Uh, Again, also very minor, not really a problem, but just a tiny bit of bending at the edges. All in all, I'm very happy with the cards, and I'm going to be ordering from them again when I design more prototypes in the future. Uh, The final version of the game is not going to be printed by them because it's going to need some other components, so I'm going to find another company for that. But as far as prototypes go, they're definitely a good, easy option and fairly cheap. So, just some tips for when you are designing your own cards. These are all sort of things they say on their website, or at least some of them are, but you might not pay attention to them, like I didn't. For example, the cards have rounded edges. So don't use a rectangular border on your cards, because that's going to create some really uncomfortable tangencies between the like corners of your border and the curved edges of the card going around them. It just looks really awkward and looks like you don't know what you're doing, which I don't. I also, like, looking back on it, I don't really think there's a need to use a border in general. I put a little bit of a border around the cards to make it so that, like, if you glanced the side of a card or something while it was in transit, you wouldn't necessarily know what was on it. I don't think that's really a big enough deal, though, to worry about um, actually having them in my hands. It doesn't seem to make a difference. On drive through cards, they say to use a 1 8 inch slug around the edge of your cards, which is just, like, some extra room for printing. Basically, they, like, if you take whatever your say there's a color around the outside and you expand it a little bit, 
then their printer doesn't have to be perfectly precise as they, uh, or not, rather not their printer, but their cutting machines don't have to be perfectly precise as they cut around your card because if they're off by a little bit to one side, like if the paper or the cardstock, I guess, is misaligned, it's not going to matter because you've got a little bit of wiggle room. So they say to leave a 1 8 inch slug. I actually found that I did that. I left 1 8 inch all around, but as it turns out, they need a little bit more than that. So uh, I would still make the cards um, as far as with the slug dimensions. So instead of being like 2.5 by 3.5, which is the standard, they say to make it 2.75 by 3.75. So you add a quarter inch, which is an eighth inch on both sides. You still have to make your cards in that dimension. Otherwise, their thing's not going to be able to print it correctly. But I would allow your slug area to move into the card even a little bit further. Because for me, like I said, I had those borders. And then those borders sort of melded into the slug area. I would have made them a bit smaller so that there's a wider border on the card. Also, just getting rid of the border entirely would have fixed that problem as long as you don't bring any of the elements of the card too close to the edge. So they say to leave a 1 8 inch slug. They actually need a little bit more than that to actually make the card look good. A general tip that has nothing to do with drive-through cards in particular is don't forget about cards in your game like I did. Fortunately, I also printed some cards that I don't need because... I changed some rules after getting the cards printed, so I have these extra cards that I don't need, and as it turns out, the cards I forgot, they don't actually, it doesn't matter what's on them, they just kind of act as, like, placeholder cards. So I can use the cards that I accidentally printed that I don't need in place of the cards that I forgot to print that I do need, and it all works out. But, you know, in the future, try not to forget cards. Make sure your images are the same size when they're supposed to be, like, you know, the same size as each other, because... It's not a problem. There are cards that need to be identical in my game, and those are identical because I copy-pasted them. But then there are some cards that are like supposed to be similar in terms of design motifs, like they're saying stuff about other cards. So they have like basically the same stuff, but with other stuff added to it, and they're supposed to be unique. And they are unique, but the images on them weren't supposed to be slightly smaller than the images on the other cards. That was an accident, and I will try to avoid that in the future. Uh, anyway, this has been my episode on drive-through cards and card design and how to not make stupid mistakes. How to not mistakes. I, I made a mistake saying the word mistake. How to not make stupid mistakes like I did. Uh, anyway, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can email me at braindeboard at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. The music in this podcast is by Technoax, and you'll hear from me next Friday. Thank you for listening. I already said that. All right, bye.